everyone. Hi. You are now listening to Portals. I am your host, Shanae Anise, and joining me is Dr. Robin Cassis. Hi, guys. Pastor Tony Cassis. Hello. And Pastor Nathan Cassis. Hey! Pastor Nathan. Oh, there he is! I said your hello for you, Nate. There you go. Hello. Wow. Is that the approved? I'm here. There it is. There you go. I'm going to put these on. You won't be able to see through them. Anywho. (laughs) (laughs) Many looks of me. Um... Guys, this is an exciting time that we are in at the moment because this is the first portals after the election. Post-election portal. Mm. P-E-P. Yes. So let's let's just jump right in and debunk all of the things. Oh, Jesus. God is not finished yet. I call this one... The Ten Spies and Their Lies. Oh. <laughs> I like that. I really like that. Uh, ten Spies wasn't enough, but I like the part. The Ten Spies and Their Lies. Mm, we might lose some followers after this one, but that's uh, all right. No, 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 no. Wow, well, Shanae, how do you see through why, this? I told you, give me this. Listen, listen, how could I lose them? That's what's in the Bible. That's uh, what the Bible said. They right. were ten spies and they lied. If you lost them, you never had them. Uh, <laughs> Anywho, you know, Here this is go. why I'm excited about this uh, portal coming out because I've been learning a lot um, personally throughout this week through warfaring, through this, you know, that... You know, this is a new position for me personally as a Christian, like to really exercise this faith mm. has been exciting. You know, it, it, it's it's got, um, to a, it's got to have grown. Your yes. Faith. Right. And it's like I'm I'm definitely and not to make it all sensational, blah, 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 but <laughs> just I'm definitely being pulled out of my comfort zone to really fight for what the Lord has said, especially um, through the climate that we are currently mm-hmm. in, where, you know, all else looks interesting and people are out here prophylying. Oh, geez. Prophylying? <laughs> Very good. Prophylying. <laughs> Shout out to one of our members that coined that term. Um, and it's. It's definitely a new season for believers. I, I personally believe that we are definitely having to make a stand in I this. Think, I think that the, the most exciting thing is that it's affecting our faith. Sure is. Uh, and I think that um, that's only going to bring more faith. Yeah. You see, yeah. what an opportunity for faith to grow. Yes. Oh, and also tying it scripturally because this definitely brings a new breath into scripture for people who believe that scripture was only meant for a season back then and don't know how to apply it to the, today's times or find that reference to get an answer or direction through the word. And I think that's why I'm so excited about this word coming out. What is it called again? The Ten Spies and Their Lies. Ciao. 
Take it away, Pastor Tony. Tell us. Uh, we believe the representation of the 10 spies are the 10 uh, mainstream media networks. <laughs> and uh, they're... That was my word tonight. Yep. I and, named them. And um, they're basically uh, trying to uh, control the narrative. They're going ahead mm -hmm. the um, of the electoral process and making, um, you know, the announcements on the presidency, which they're not authorised to do. Now, it's all speculation. And the whole ideology behind it is to control the narrative and get people to think that uh, their choice mm. of president mm. is uh, is valid, and mm. it is not. And so this is why um, uh, Nate has been um, very, you know, uh, very uh, astute, I suppose, very, uh, very creative in calling the ten spies and their lies, because. Uh, no one can call an election except the Electoral College Sorry, and, the, and the Congress. So we've got quite a few days yet before that process happens. Look, it comes down to the fact that uh, it was called that in the Bible. That's what that was said. They came back and they brought lies that the giants were too big to handle. The giants were too big in the land and therefore possibly we should give up, you know, and not go after the promised land and not see that which was in the land was the blessing of the Lord. So when you've got your eyes on giants and not, Whoa. then you can never see them as grasshoppers. No, what? <laughs> Wow. When you got your eyes on giants, you can never see them as grasshoppers. Yeah. And that's because why we're looking from here up. But when we look from up there down, we'll see them as grasshoppers. Mm. I mean, David, what did he do? He slew a giant. Mm. He did. My Lord. See, he didn't believe the lie. Mm. And we saw examples of controlling the narrative on the election night. Uh, we were here uh, at the, uh, the church building and we were looking at the LED wall here, which we were, you know, um, displaying um, one of the major news networks, which we thought were quite fair up until this point. Yikes. And then um, around about 11.20... Uh, the president was way ahead in Florida and... <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Robert. Uh, he was way ahead in Florida and in um, uh, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even Michigan. He was way ahead in Michigan. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when, when uh, Mr. Biden came out and made his announcement that, oh, we're going to count every vote before we, you know, make a decision, mm. I, I personally believe that was a signal. That was a signal that something was going wrong oh. and he had given the signal and, and all the poll, all of the battleground state polls suddenly shut down. They stopped counting. Exposed I've it. never heard it ever before when you're in the middle of a count for an election vote, uh, you stop in the middle of the count. Right. And so um, Republican poll observers were told to leave. We're going to start again in the morning and then... They began recounting around about 4 a.m. without the uh, Republican uh, observers present. 
and many of them were turned away from re-entering into the polling um, counting stations mm -hmm. and uh, they were unable to scrutinise mm. uh, each ballot. So something, um, something fishy was going on after the Biden announcement. Yeah, was. And uh, this is why we believe that uh, we're not going to believe the evil report. We're, gonna re we're going to believe the report of the Lord. Yeah. And this is what we've been telling the church. Whose report are you going to believe? Mainstream media or what the Lord has spoken? Mm. And so there's a battle going on in the heavens. And the, now sure that we're is. coming into Monday, um, this battle is going to be, um, you know, fought out through the courts. Mm -hmm. So we pray and believe that God's word will prevail. Yeah. It's funny because... Um, you know, uh, in this hour, uh, we stood on the stage last week and for, I mean, for like, I think about nearly two years now, you guys have been prophesying that the president would get a second term. And uh, it's not just you guys, it's prophets no, all over the world. it's all over the world. It's, uh, it's at least I think I've heard at least a hundred well-established prophets here from the Holy Spirit that President Trump was meant to get a second term. But last week, uh, we stood on this stage, Shania, for our season casting. Mm -hmm. And I remember I walked through the whole prophetic terminology, symbology, yes, imagery. Did. And we ended with that big picture of the White House and the church beaming out the light from within the White House. And God was saying the White House was going to be used in this term to really give the church a voice. And um, then we had the results that the media had projected mm -hmm. and everyone is starting to say, well, the prophets must have missed it. Yes. And that was prophesied too. Yep. It was prophesied that people doubt the prophetic. Mm. Um, even last week we said in our season casting that the foundational ministries, the restorational ministries of the church were going to be doubted like never before. Mm. And we talked about um, the keys of erosion and how the enemy can't take your keys off you, so he's going to try and erode the keys that you have. Wow. And the binding and loosing. And I was watching a very well-established prophet. We were all watching this prophet, um, you know, uh, Hank um, Kuhneman, who's very well-established, accurate prophet. And um, he was basically saying, like, you know, this is the plan of the enemy. Greater than the election, greater than the physical battle, the spiritual battle, sorry, I'm a little bit nasally from singing. The, the spiritual battle is to get the church to totally discredit the end time ministry of the prophetic because that's the ministry that we need the most in the end time. You know, and so unfortunately the enemy is using this disguise of a, you know, false narrative to try and get our discernment really, really off centre. And this is where um, we've been talking about it on the Portals podcast for a good, like, at least a month or two now, talking about the apostate church from the apostolic church. Yes. And what separates us, what differentiates us, you know, the points of difference. And so I think it's really important that we talk about the 10 spies and their lies, because um, if you go by your eyes, you'll believe the lies. Definitely. You know? Definitely. But I said to her... Oh, 
Did, did I just... My phone just lied. Did I just Sorry. vibrate that much in the spirit that I pushed the phone off the... the phone. It's all right. But um, what I thought was interesting is I said to the person, one of, one of the guys we were talking to tonight, I said, don't look with these, you know, meaning don't look with your physical eyes. If you look with your physical eyes, you'll be limited by that realm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Pastor's going to talk about how he's the prince of the power of the air. So this is his realm, the, the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. You can't look with a with a perspective that is limited to this atmosphere. You've got to get in heavenly places yeah. and yeah. see what God is doing. And sometimes to see what God is doing is to go against what every other person is saying, you know. And yes. so I agree with Pastor Robin when we open the portals. I think this is one of the best times for our church, the church, to literally be alive. Yes. To see such an army of faith be arisen in each of us, to not take no for an answer. And people that are watching this that don't agree, you're more than welcome to turn this off because we're not going to be apologising for what we know God has said is truth. No. Right. You know, yeah. and I've seen people all over social media. It's literally just disgusting the way that they're talking about the spirit of God. I think I'd like to comment yeah. on that. Um, Saying things like, you know, the devil, get him out of the White House. These uh, prophets are prophesying and I prophesy Donald Trump be fallen in Jesus' name. I'm thinking, wow. Let, let My me, God, you've let got me add something to that, that I think uh, the behaviour of people that are saying such things is disappointing, very disappointing. Very. When you call Jesus your Lord and you make those statements, could you imagine Jesus ever saying that? Did he ever say it to Herod? Did he ever say it to Pilate? That's right. Did he ever say it to even Judas? Did he ever say it? Nope. No. What would Jesus do? Jesus would not do what is being done. And so I'm so disappointed in seeing people speak the way they are and then declare that they are Christians and they believe in the Lord Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. But then if you believe in him, do what he does. Oh, the rebuke. That's going to make you puke. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We're just going to take a, well, wow. It smells like toast in here. Something's burning. <laughs> uh, we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Yeah. Hey guys, welcome to the Portals Podcast with Dr. Robin Cassis and with Annie Shanae with, and with Pastor Nathan with, and with Pastor Tony Cassis. We'll see you soon. Do the Humpty Trumpty. What's the Humpty Trumpty, Pastor Robin? Humpty Trumpty? It's the Humpty Trumpty dance. Do the Humpty Trumpty. Come on, Pastor. My flesh is burning. Something's burning in here. Can you smell it? It's your flesh. Stank, stank. <laughs> we got to be funny because we got to make it light. Exactly. So before the break, we were just starting to unpack, um, you know, the ten spies and they lies, child. They was lying out here. Yeah. And um. But we really are pulling out scripture references for believers <clears throat> um, that are having a struggle 
or crispy flesh um, for, you know, accepting what God is doing in this time um, and bringing some accountability, responsibility and something to stand on. Because I think that's the biggest, you know, for the people, I'll say, like for the Christians that are wanting to stand up for Trump, but maybe intimidated. You know, because they don't understand fully. They may have an inkling, like, yeah, I may heard a word, you know, that this was going to happen, but don't have that sturdy foundation biblically to support, you know, the backing of the Lord in this season. So take it away, wherever you guys want to go from there. I think it's very scriptural. Pastor what Tony, share. go mm -hmm. for it. Um, you know, we talk about America being a country that, you know, free speech is upheld, but you know, Trump supporters cannot walk down the street in New York and feel free to express their, you know, their, uh, their favour towards a president. They would be vilified. They would even be possibly, you know, um, hurt. Yeah. Um, and that's not a sign of a country that allows free speech. We're getting, uh, and I mean, you know, we're talking about the 10 spies here, 10 mainstream media networks that from 2016 until now have been trying to control the narrative. Mm. It's all been anti-Trump, 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 anti day and night, day and night, 24-7. And on election night when we're here uh, monitoring the uh, elect election results, um, one of the news channels that we thought was... Uh, fair and balanced, that's the only clue I'll give, um, was quite unbalanced. They, they refused to I'm call... I'm going to say it. Something that's the, uh, like a wolf. I'll let you think about that a for mini a wolf. minute. A mini wolf. Think about it. Fox, that's what you're saying. We're going to say it. it. I was going to say I'm it rhymes with I'm going to say it. I was going to say it rhymes Fox with News ox. refused to call Florida when the president had clearly won it, and then when it came to Arizona and Nevada, they called Arizona to Biden when there was only like 50% of the vote Still counted. Still being counted. Yeah, 50% of the vote counted. We were here watching it. And then um, uh, they began very, very sneakily to hold back on calling the North Carolina vote, the Michigan vote, uh, the Wisconsin vote, and something fishy was definitely going on. And this is facts, so facts check it. Yeah. So this happened immediately after, uh, you know, Joe Biden uh, came forward to make an announcement about 11.20. Suddenly we see all of the, uh, pol the polling stations closed. And, um, you know, all as I said earlier, all of the uh, scrutineers were asked to go home and they would restart the uh, vote counting in the morning. Well, in the middle of the night, at about 4 a.m., uh, they began counting the ballots once again without the, the Republican scrutineer. So something fishy was definitely going on. And so um, we believe that uh, the mainstream networks are being uh, inspired demonically because of the what we understand as the prince of the power of the air. The scripture tells us in Ephesians 2 that when we were sinners, we were led about by the prince of the power of the air. And, and Paul is talking about Satan's realm. Satan's realm is the atmosphere. Mm. And in, in days of old, when, when 
only radio and television were the basic forms of communication, when, when someone would be broadcasting a program, they would, they would, quote, be on the air. And so I believe, I believe the mainstream media has been controlling the airwaves, whether it be through radio, through internet, through television, and by controlling the airwaves, by controlling the narrative, by setting the temperature of the atmosphere, they're trying to get ahead of the president, get ahead of God, get ahead of those people who voted for the president, and they're making announcements in order to control the narrative. And so it is not mainstream media's authority to call who the president is, that, that is not their jurisdiction. That is not, they are not authorised to determine who a president is. And because the votes have been brought into question, regardless of their, you know, their, um, their mindsets, they are deliberately calling Joe Biden as the president-elect in order to control the narrative. In other words, they want everyone to comply with their will and we're telling the church, no, we're not going to comply with mainstream media's will. We know who's inspiring the mainstream media. We are going to believe the report of the Lord. Thousands of reputable, prophetic, apostolic ministries have spoken that God's clear will is to give the president a second term. Were we, were we surprised that... We were going to see a fight? Absolutely not. All of us have been saying that there was going to be some contention in the voting process. And I'll just put it out there for you to think about and pray about. Do you honestly believe that the Trump team were caught by surprise not at by all. the Jeez. level of fraudulence not at all. in the electoral process? Absolutely not. They were waiting for it, they were predicting it, and saints of God, they were ready for it. How ready they were will be revealed in the next few days as the, um, the contentious uh, ballot uh, results go before the Supreme Court. So now that's a big mouthful. That is a big mouthful. The battle is not over. The battle is still being wrought. Saints, don't stop praying, don't stop believing. I believe the report of the Lord. Uh, so I, I want to challenge tonight mm. in a different direction and say this is supposed to be a land of a free speech, yes. I, I can't see it at the moment. But more than all that, the church must call for righteousness. Come on. So if there is just one, one chance that things are being done wrong, the Church of Jesus Christ should be calling it. No matter whether you be, you're on one side or the other, you should be on the Lord's side. Righteousness is his stand. And we as Christians need to stand for righteousness, no matter what side it's on, stand for righteousness. So if there's a question mark, you should be ready to see God bring the answer. Wow. I would say one joke. Well, everyone that was, you know, not for it and see this, you know, false 
prophecy come to pass. Well, at least they're quiet now, so we can actually pray the real prayers mm. and let that be ushered in yeah, <laughs> instead a, of having that atmosphere, people praying against it. Now they've actually, hushed, and now we can actually <laughs> In New York City, <laughs> and, I'm, and you saw it all over the nation, um, it really shocked me, you know, yesterday when, they, yeah, when the media projected, you know, and I'll call him the president-elect because that's what he's called as a projected president-elect, not the president-elect. But they projected that this had happened. The streets, I mean, went insane. People all over New York City coming out, you know, giving each other hugs and high fives and breaking out bottles of champagne. What happened and I to asked COVID? Myself, what happened to coronavirus? What happened to COVID? Hello, where'd it go? Where'd, where'd the distance go? Oh, but we have to let our victory be celebrated. Oh, but we can't do that as the church. We can't no. gather in numbers as no. the church and let our victory be celebrated because no. that's, that's putting people in harm's way. I'm telling you, yesterday you saw a roar go up from New York City that you could hear all over the city. There were yeah. pictures and there were videos posted from Queens, you know, the Bronx, um, you know, all the other, New Jersey, Manhattan, Harlem, like Long Island, everywhere. You could literally hear a sound. Then it was in Chicago. Then it was in Los yeah, Angeles, yeah. Miami. And I was like, wow, this false sense of peace that has just come upon. Because people were walking around today, even as I came down to church and I was looking at people around, you know, beautiful weather today and people were saying, Mother Nature's smiling on America again. So was It's a Pens new day. It's a new dawn. So was Pennsylvania uh, screaming all those extra votes that came up for the president-elect or was it a little quieter? Oh, they were a little bit quieter, but they did have yeah. celebrations in Philadelphia and all those areas. Oh, of course. Oh, no, all the fraud took place. I felt yeah, sick. Um, saints, whoever controls the atmosphere so. controls the ground. And so I'm going to address Christianity. I'm going to, I think it's I'm good. going to address the church. I'm going to get ready to, to How get can we as a church represent Single-mindedness, we say we have the Spirit of God, all of us, mm. right? But we have factions of the church who support Trump, factions of the church who support Biden and the Democrats. So at the end of the day, how do we know uh, how to discern what the Lord is saying? And, and as I said to the church this evening and this morning, we go back to the Scriptures and we find the mind of the Lord concerning the policies of both parties. And this is why we cannot understand when some Christians would be supportive of the Democratic Party when they allow uh, full-term abortions. Mm. Full-term abortions. Mm. Full-term abortions. They would allow homosexual marriage. Come on. These things are contrary to the mind of God. They would allow an anti-Semitic rhetoric, oh. an anti-Semitic policy. Oh. So how can someone say God is in this when there's a clear indication from the Scripture that is against these kind, kinds of policies? You know, um, this whole global warming. The, the, even the COVID-19. You're about to go. I'm there. not saying that they're... The, these things are fallacies. But again, the globalism, the globalist agenda, mm. God said, fill the earth and multiply. Mm. He, he sets the borders of the nations. 
their times and their season their, and their seasons. Well, the global the globalists don't want borders for nations. Mm-hmm. And so when a president stands up at the United Nations General Assembly and says we're a sovereign nation with borders and we will secure our borders, do you think God will back that or a president who says we're not going to have borders anymore? My answer is our constitution is the Bible Mm. and the Lord makes it very clear he has set the borders of all the nations. That's scriptural. So, are, are Christian, you quoting scripture? Brother You're and quoting sister, scripture. I'm quoting scripture. Acts 17. Can't fight scripture. That's Acts what 17. It says. Before I fought, uh, Acts 17. Uh, Paul at the Areopagus said that the Lord sets the boundaries and the seasons of their inhabitation by his own will. From one blood, so there's all races now, from one blood, he has made every measure of men. And he has set their borders and their boundaries according to his will, not our will. And so that is scriptural. As far as abortion is concerned, the Christian should be under the conviction that a, a, a woman, as soon as she is with child, that is a life, that is a human life. With child. The choice the woman has is not to be impregnated first, not afterwards. Week. Now, we're not being harsh. We understand people make mistakes. Sometimes there's pregnancies that are, you know, unprepared. But there is forgiveness for that. Absolutely. But to say that uh, you want to support a party that will allow the murder of the child in the womb up to nine months, uh, what God are you serving? Yeah. Yeah. It feels it, breathes it. My response to that is when we say that to a lot of people, they say, well, you want to support someone that's a racist. What would you say to that? Well, You want to support someone that's a bigot and a sexist. I would say there's 19 million black babies, a genocide of black babies happened. And I would say me wanting to support them living makes me not a racist. (laughs) Hit that button. You know, we're going to be accused of being politically aligned now. And it's not true. I'm politically aligned with God. We align with what is aligned with our constitution, the scripture. You Mm. see? And if Democrats were more uh, leaning towards righteousness, then that that would be a very uh, good thing because we would be supportive. Mm. But unfortunately, they are not aligned with righteousness. Right? There's an agenda. Now, this doesn't mean that all Democrats, you know, are evil or bad. No, not at all. But from what we have seen, the high levels of the Democratic Party leadership are definitely not in the business of making uh, uh, righteous legislative decisions. And they're not in the business of being convicted for their lack of righteousness. So this is a very hot topic, but we've come to the point now where... You know, it's who's on the Lord's side. Can I ask you, if you're a Christian and a Democrat, are you on the Lord's side? Oh. Are you on the Lord's side or have you been affected by the narrative that's been pumped into you from your childhood? Brought up in a public school, probably in a, a, uh, you know, uh, uh, a leftist-leaning university. No, no, hit it. 
And your worldview has been affected not by the Word of God, but by the narrative of every influence in your life. I did again. And, and I say this with, with, you know, with grace. I was raised in public and private schools and I was, I was in a Catholic home, brought up as a Roman Catholic, and yet I was taught evolution. I was taught about all these narratives that are now on the, uh, on the agenda of the left. And it wasn't until I was born again that I began to realise how far away from truth my, my worldview had become. And so that's why our conviction is that whatever party, whether it's Democratic or Republican or even another party, whatever party is closest to what we call righteousness mm -hmm. and justice according to the Word of God, mm -hmm we should support that party and its, its elected leader. Mm. And so this is why uh, most of the prophets and apostles of God have been prophesying that it is God's will for the president to have a second term. Now, you may not agree with that, but please don't agree with it just because you're a Democrat. Wow. Show me scripturally where oh, God will support the policies of the Democratic left. Now, it has to be said that way, and we'll probably get some, some get into trouble from social media, but it's, it's not our job to please social media. It's, it's, um, it's the truth. And uh, uh, they, they've actually made that known. They've yes, made is. that known, their policies on abortion and such. So it's not something that's not the truth. It's the truth. And if you don't believe it, look it up. You'll find it. I remember when uh, Barack Obama um, first visited the that. Middle East. I think it was in the first first uh, the first year of his first term. He deliberately did not go to Israel. Yeah, he said this he last week. He went to all of the Ara Arabic nations in the Middle East, and he didn't go to Israel. He had he had a mindset to bring Israel down. When Benjamin Netanyahu was um, going through his first or second re-election, uh, it is a known fact that the Obama administration was funding the opposition. They didn't want Benjamin Netanyahu to be re-elected because he objected to the uh, Iranian nuclear deal. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that was not on the agenda of the left. They wanted Iran to have some kind of nuclear capabilities and so it was a very anti-Israeli rhetoric coming out of the White House during the Obama years. And, 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 and again, is, is there a scriptural support right. to be anti-Israel? No. Uh, America has been a friend of the nation of Israel from its inception. And the, the relationship between Israel and the U.S. was almost coming to an end during the Obama reign. Almost coming to an end. In fact, the, the, the former president deliberately made Prime Minister Netanyahu wait for three hours at the White House to put him in his place before he went into the Oval Office and had conversations that were absolutely, um, um, you know, put on the, on the calendar months before. And so I honestly uh, think that 
There are so many other instances like this that point to, um, you know, an anti-God mm. policy on the left. Lighting up the White House in rainbow colours oh, in support Jesus. of gay marriage. Can I just they, say... Can I ask you, Christian? Well, he on fire. Was God in that? Was God telling the president, light up the White House with rainbow colours because God is in gay marriage? I think not. And was God in the fact that Obama didn't go to Israel? that he rejected it. Was he in that? Because my Bible tells me if I bless Israel, I'm blessed. If I curse and ignore Israel, I'm ignored. All right, we got to go on a break. You guys don't want to touch that. So <laughs> you guys are right like out in the open. Oh, wow, this Time is a hot one. to take a stance. With that... Obviously, we're quite... You know, passionate. we're quite passionate about what we believe, but not because of party politics, no, right. but because of the Lord. Because right. of the because Bible, of the, Lord. the truth. It's about time somebody does it. All right, guys. Hopefully you guys are still standing mm-hmm. <laughs> while listening to this. Um, and we'll... Hi, church. Pastor Nathan here. I would like to officially invite you to SRA Exposing the Lie. And what I'm about to talk about is very sensitive, but needs to be addressed. Satanic ritual abuse, otherwise known as SRA, is not the most popular topic to talk about at church, but that is exactly why we need to talk about it. SRA is part of the devil's end time plan to wound generations of people and gain control of their minds. Many believers have probably thought to themselves, is this stuff for real? Does this type of abuse really happen? Or is this all just a conspiracy? Well, the answer is yes, this is very real. There are many people who have been hurt and affected by this kind of sacrificial abuse, and they are living among us today. But it's all kept in the dark. To quote from the Satanic Code itself, the guarantee of our tomorrow is convincing the world that we do not exist. Wow. Church, we have to wake up and take responsibility and authority. For far too long, we have turned a blind eye to the darkness and said, it's too much to handle. But God is asking us to respond like Isaiah and say, send me, Lord, I'll go. This conference is an educational and equipping tool with an aim to arm the body of Christ and make her aware of the enemy's devices in this time and hour. Furthermore, we are now facing the fact that Satan doesn't want to hide in the dark anymore. He wants to be accepted as light and he wants to change the narrative of what truth really is. In this powerful three-day conference, we are going to expose the lie and the work of the enemy through satanic ritual abuse. Particularly, we are going to uncover the role that the church has played in turning a blind eye for so many years, as well as actively being involved in these activities through secret societies and groups. We will hear testimonies of survivors, both believers and non-believers alike, who have been born or brought into covens through generations and have made it out and are now sharing their stories. We will hear from experts and speakers that have spent over 20 years working with victims of SRA and investigating perpetrators and the people involved. We will also discuss the ultimate agenda of SRA and what its purpose is in being set up for the end times. Finally, we are going to discuss what healing for these victims looks like through freedom, healing and wholeness. How we can partner with them to see them totally set free and have all of their soul and mind restored to them. 
Dr. Robin is going to lead us through what our mandate as the church is to help those coming out of SRA and to reveal the Lord Jesus Christ to them, not as an imposter, but as their comforter, healer, and savior. This is not a conference for the faint of heart, but we encourage you to take up the call and let God use you and equip you to be a light in the darkness. The conference takes place Friday, October 2nd at 7.30 p.m. and runs all the way through to Sunday, October 4th at 3.30 p.m. More information and all the details can be found at talk.org. This is totally free admission, and so therefore we encourage you to take and invite as many people as you can so that we can make the body of Christ aware and armed. You can register at talk.org via the Talk app, or if you're not able to attend in person, Watch it live via talktv.org. Let's open our eyes and stand in truth and the fear of the Lord so that when he asks us on that day, what did you do? We can confidently say we were a part of the solution and not the problem. So there's, there's a good statement. I just got to say it. I just got to say it. My daughter says, Nate, your brother, you know, your, your brother to, to Christy, while the enemy is out partying, the church is praying. That's what Sinead just... That's come on, you I guys are the same Rima. Looks like you're both saying the same saying, thing. No, let them party. Let them wanna, party so we can get this laugh. So wanna, we can pray. I just want to um, quote out of Acts 17. Yeah, give this scripture to balance just. So to all of my brothers and sisters who believe that um, democratic policy uh, is scriptural or godly, listen to this. This is what the Lord has to say about globalism, right? Uh-oh. This is Paul addressing the Areopagus in Athens, right? He says... God is not worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives life to all and breath and all things. Verse 26, and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwelling. God has pre-appointed times for the boundaries of their dwellings. Now that deals with racism. God has made from one blood every nation of men. And he has pre-appointed their boundaries and their dwelling places. That means that all the explorers... You know how we always get told, like, you know, oh, what, you know, the white man has done. The Lord has given him that jurisdiction throughout history as the gospel has traveled, England, Australia, as those colonies were discovered, the Americas with the pilgrims. Those are pre-appointed times that God has destined for those times, for those men to have boundaries and dwellings and dominion over them. Mm-hmm. And the enemy, even with today, the narrative of not recognizing that anymore 
you know, we're yeah. coming up to Thanksgiving. This is a really important, you know, holiday. And even the narrative to diminish what was done yeah. and to make it, you know, yes, there were things. But, I, but I, I'm learning my American history. I'm not there yet, but I'm learning as my children are American now and I'm becoming an American slowly. I'm about to sing God Bless America. Yeah, no more than um, me. You know, he does know a lot more. But I'm learning that it was not the pilgrims that were at war with the Indians. They became peaceful. They created a treaty. That's what Thanksgiving was all about. The fact that they celebrated, that they, they got through the winter and that they were able to live in, you know, a coexistence. It was when man, people coming over from England and the other colonies decided, right, there's something here. Now let's take, 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 take. And uh, that wasn't what the pilgrims came here to do. I was reading the Mayflower Compact and it says we've come here to establish, you know, a nation built on faith and the Christian faith. That is literally their words, mm. you know, and one of the uh, uh, Christian senators from the Republican Party was actually on an interview and she was saying, I forget her last name, but her name was Michelle and she was saying, she was a representative that used to be in, in the house for Minnesota. Michelle Buckman. There it is, Buckman. Michelle Buckman. Mm. And she was saying, you know, we need to get back to that origin of the Mayfair Compact and see this is what this nation was built on. Yeah. It was not built on bureaucracy. It was not built on politics. It was not built on, you know, Republican versus Democrat agenda. It was built on we've come here to express freely our Christian faith. And you can't debunk that. That's no. in the Mayflower Compact. That was the first settlers to come to America and what they established. So I thought that's really powerful. Yeah, it was like um, when I heard that, I remember one of the nights we were praying, I was like, wow, this nation isn't a bastard child. The Lord ordained that's for right. us to right. have that's a father. That's exactly right. And it wasn't, like, it wasn't like just one, one group that discovered the Americas, like we had Christopher Columbus landing in El Salvador. And so you have a Spanish influence to the south. And, I told you he knows it all. And further just... north. But then remember um, in Florida, we, when we were in Florida, we were told that Pensacola was known as the city of five flags. That's right. It was initially Spanish and then British. Oh, sorry, French. And then British. And then Confederate. And then Union. So these five nations or flags were flying over Pensacola so there's a lot of history and 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 so I'm saying that to say this that um, we had the Catholic influence through Columbus the Protestant influence through the the pilgrims all heading towards North America so God definitely had something in plan for North America now all of the atrocities to do with the Native Americans okay we acknowledge that that was wrong the, the, the years of slavery on, on the African-American and the slave trade. We can't justify that. That was wrong. But did it get corrected? Yes. It took a while, but it got corrected. I don't, I don't like the uh, Native Americans being put on reservations and saying, oh, you know, you go play in your little yard here, this little section. Yeah. But again... The, the leadership of the nation back then, that's all they knew. I mean, that was the way they thought was best. But and that's the way they handled things. Can it be corrected? Yes. But I, I don't know. Can, can we keep blaming the generation that's alive now for the sins of the fathers formerly? I think that's why the Lord put a limit to third or fourth generation accountability as far as the forefathers wow. are concerned. That's a good point. Otherwise, we'd still be 
being paying for, you know, the, Adam the sins of I mean. Adam and Eve, <laughs> literally. But let me speak to that quickly because um, people say, you know, and it seems like we always get pulled into this area of talking because this oh, is the always. hot topic. Yeah. But you say, can we blame, be blamed to the third and fourth generation? Well, you know, the, the Holy Spirit said, you know, in Deuteronomy, I'll visit the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation, the blessings to at least ten generations. So I, I agree with the Lord putting an end cap saying, right? But I think, and I'm going to be real bold by saying this, I think the key to racism is not in the white man making um, uh, a remedy. They need to make a remedy. But you've got to ask yourself, when in your life, when you've gone through trauma, who does God expect to release the keys so that both parties can be, um, you know, given healed. absolution and healed? Yeah. Forgiveness. Forgive your brother so that God so he requires may forgive you. them. He Scripture. requires you oh, to make that move. My. So there's a there is, and I'm not saying it's all on black people, and I'm not saying it's all on white people. There's a coexistence that the Lord's requiring for this nation to be healed. You can't ask white people to just do all the work and you can't ask black people to just do all the work because no. the scripture says, if you forgive your brother, then your father in heaven forgive can forgive him. Part of the problem in America is that there's been no forgiveness. There's only been, you know, a regurgitating of the, tra the trauma and the pain. And that's what keeps racism going. Ooh, I'm does. sorry, it, it is the key. It. That is what keeps it going because the scripture says, you know, if I can forgive the, the person that's wronged me, then God can forgive them and true repentance, a gift from God, not a man's choice, a gift given from God can be given to that man to see the error of his ways. And, and the key is, go ahead, hit that. I'm probably going to get in hot fire uh, after that one. And the key is, Pastor, the key is that Jesus was rejected and he could have said anything. But all he said was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What was he saying? He was saying, Lord, they've done it to me, but forgive them. Forgive them. He was asking the Father to forgive them. That meant he'd already forgiven them. This is the key because the Lord Jesus made a way for us to be forgiven, given absolution, given remedy, as, just as if, justification, just as if. So, you know, I do challenge those that are watching that have gone through things, not just black people, things that people have gone through in your life and you feel like trauma gives you a right. This is the problem. When we want to hold on to trauma, it's because secretly it gives us a right to hold on to bitterness and anger. And so if we want God to really bring a healing across this nation, if my people who are called, yeah, okay, we need to get on our face and pray, you know, turn from our wicked ways, seek his face. But if we want healing to come, then not just in this situation of race, in anything to do with offence, the person that has been offended and wrongly offended, not, I'm not saying this is a right offence, that they have been wrongly treated for 400 years. But the power to heal the nation is in their hands. It's not in the retraining of thinking. It's not in the retraining of programs. It's not in the weeding out of systematic racism. It's the Lord says it's in your hands. If you can forgive, then I will forgive. Yeah. 
That's so powerful. And, and that's the key, what I just said. Jesus asked the Father to forgive. Yep. Because he had already forgiven Jesus. them. Jesus. I want to go back to the previous sensitive subject yeah. of gay marriage. Um, right? Okay. It's not up to the church mm. to set the bar as far as morality is concerned in civil government. But when the civil authority enforces pastors to comply with their ungodly legislation, that's wrong. And this is where the objection is. If people have certain preferences about their morality, they cannot impose those preferences on the church. And this is why the church has to stand up. It's not a matter of us stopping it. It's a matter of us stopping the government from enforcing it upon us as, 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 um, you know, as recipients of religious freedom in America, this is government overreach. And so that's the issue. We can't make America not, you know, um, you know, comply with our moral standard. We can't make you comply, America, with our moral standard as Christians. But you have no right to enforce your uh, worldview or your opinion or your conviction right. upon the Jesus. church. And so right. this is where the big divide is because the moment you say you're against something, when there's a leftist needs to be um, um, government in, in control, you're immediately vilified because you're not thinking like everybody else. This is not free speech. You know, when a conservative goes to a university and because he's a, he or she is a conservative, they have riots. How is that free speech? How is that? Why can't anyone stand up, whether they're right or wrong, and express an opinion without being destroyed? So this is what's at stake in America. As Christians, we have a moral standard, right? We don't want to legislate that in the civil society, just in the church. But you made a statement. You said it's not up to the church to expect people outside in the world to um, to to take our standard, yeah. okay? But it is up to the church to cause the church to take the standard. There it is. Wow. There's the key, mm. the standard of the Word of God. It's up to the church to expect the church to stand by the standard of the Word of God. My Lord. And Ooh, I think, uh, I, think one, I think the... Uh, the church's objection to the term marriage to same-sex same people, we mm. objected because marriage is an institution made by a holy God. And yes. therefore, call it what you like, but don't call it marriage. Yes. Marriage, as far as the biblical um, perspective, is between a man and a woman for life. And if you're going to come for that, Let's go to the let's go to the real, real root. We talked about it last week. The church is quick to pick that out, but then you've got pastors that will not call out premarital sex in their yep. congregations. Go for That's it, true. Yeah. Dating. Let's go you there. can't class it as one way for a homosexual and class it another way for a heterosexual. No, sin is sin. 
And this is part of the reason why this area and this topic, the enemy has had so much control in in the church because we have not put a fine line down for sexual purity. We've allowed this kind of trying till you buy, you know, oh, there's no harm in, you know, going on a date. There's no harm in sleeping with that person. You know, there's no harm in like, you know, having a flirtatious relationship, you know, engaging in some things. uh, (laughs) Let me go there further. Please. And we, and uh, let's uh, look at this situation and say, well, what is declared as sexual sin? Oh, no. What is declared as sexual sin? Well, I think Jesus made it clear. Even, even if you I think know. about it, you're, you're guilty of it. Yes, oral sex is the same no. thing. It's sexual sin. Don't think it's ho- holding hands. <laughs> it's nothing like holding hands. And that has been taught in the, in the schools. Yeah. It's like holding hands. Come on, wake up, church. It's not holding hands. Jeez. Hot topics. We've got to go there. Yeah. Because the church is so quick to get on its, you know, soapbox and preach, you know, oh, gay marriage. But then you've got to call out those people in your congregation that mm. you know are committing fornication and because you don't want to lose them, you don't call it out or you turn a blind eye. Yeah. That's the sin of Eli. Eli's you cannot sin. judge one standard and not judge the other standard because yeah. the Lord is a just judge. Yeah, that was Eli's sin. He turned his face away from what his own, own children were doing. Yep. And that's what happens in the church. It really does. But this comes back to these ten yep. spies. This is the lie of the media. The ten spies that hit and hit and hit the narrative that the church shouldn't be listening to. They've got lies in their mouths. And it's not just about election, it's about how we should behave as Christians. Another lie that I want to address is this false peace that I saw come upon New York City. And the Lord said to me today when I was just waiting on him as we were in worship, he said, Nathan, my peace doesn't come in times of peace. No, it needs to come in times of war. My peace, real peace comes in times of war. That's how you know it's peace. Because you have a contrast from being in calamity to knowing an inner peace inside you. This false peace that the media is projecting on us right now, that is a false peace. That is not the peace of the Holy Spirit. No. Because it's not peace that is grounded in revelation and truth. Because when you're in a time of war, you've got to hear God say, let me quote scripture because it's, I want to go there. Right? Well, we know this one, Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Right? Yeah. Now, this is another one, Proverbs 16, 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. Another mm. one. This is my favourite one, John 14, 27. Well, please, before you go any further, it may, listen, when he pleases the Lord, when enemies. he pleases, he makes his enemies be at peace with him. Wow, can you see that happening in America at this moment? And probably from tomorrow on, wow, when we please the Lord, even enemies are at peace. You should be able to gauge, gauge what's happening Church, gauge what's happening. 
And it, so um, John 14, 27, this is one of my favourite ones, says, Peace I leave with you. May my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. What is the Holy Spirit saying there? Why would your heart be troubled in a time where there's no calamity or war? He's saying it's in those times where you feel the war and trouble and trembling and you feel as if you're walled in on all four sides. That's when I'm going to give you the true peace because it's peace that passes understanding. And the peace that we're seeing out there right now is very understandable. You can comprehend that peace. So I want to bring it back to the one of the, the, the lie of, of the ten spies is yep. a false peace. Yeah. And the Lord wants us to look out for this lie in every area of our life. Come on, church, this you need false, to. This false sense of everything being okay, everything settling down. You know what I'm saying? And I think the Lord is trying to say, no, that's not when I'm going to give you my peace. My peace, the abiding peace, is when you're in the middle of the wall, you're in the thick of it, the eye of the and storm. And it goes beyond understanding. And it goes beyond your understanding, it goes beyond your emotions, and it goes beyond what you feel at the time. I, I feel um, like David when Samuel arrived at Jesse's house to anoint the God-appointed king of Israel. Remember, King oh, Saul... Yes. King Saul was the people's choice. He was tall, handsome, smart, came from a good family line. God rejected that choice. He proved to be a flash-in-the-pan king, a self-centered king. So when the Lord sent Samuel to Jesse, Jesse's house, we understand that the, uh, the six sons of Jesse that went before Samuel first, the Lord rejected them all. But the first son, Eliab, was like Saul. He was strong, he was tall, he was a warrior, he was educated. And it wasn't until Samuel said, have you got any other sons? Because the Lord has not chosen any of these. Donald Trump would not be the church's choice. Hallelujah for that statement. Donald Trump has not been the church's choice. (laughs) But guess what? God said, he's my choice. Oh, Lord. Here we go. He's my choice. He doesn't come from a political background left or right. And so I'm saying this to to explain. David was not looked upon with favour as a good choice for Mm. king. Mm. It didn't look good. But Mm. David was the one who brought the giants down and we've got ten giants that are going to come down through the Trump administration. Watch and see. What? He didn't didn't look good, Pastor. Nope. He didn't have a, a, what is it, a five-pack or... A six-pack. A (laughs) six-pack or an eight-pack or any pack. He just had a suit. Yeah. And covered covered up a little bit of weight. Yeah. And had his hair. Didn't have charisma. Oh, wow. He didn't have charisma. But he did have righteousness. He did have righteousness. Authority he had. In all that I've seen go on, I have not heard him say one real evil thing against anyone. He doesn't say, they're so evil. They're so evil. He just said, I can't believe it. This is not good. Yeah, they're not good people. They're not good people. 
I know my, that when he, my, my. When he first started, he I know that when he was a candidate in the first, yeah. uh, the first round, he was misquoted as saying that all Mexicans were bad, but it was, it was such a lie from the left. He was saying that our, our border to the south was being infiltrated by non-desirables. That's very... You know, drug pushers, uh, yeah. rapists. Human traffickers. Criminals. Mm -hmm. You know... He wasn't saying the whole Mexican nation was evil. No. I mean, far from it. Listen, he, we need to realise this. This is something the church needs to realise. When someone bears false witness, that's a... That's, that's a sin that God hates. That's a sin Do that not bear false he witness. hates, but it's one of the commandments. Oh, my God. <laughs> we got to go on a break. <laughs> 23 minutes of jam-packed. And I'm glad we did. Sorry, Shania. Yep. After that segment, your mind is being blown. Well, wait till you listen to it again and again. Look. We know that you won't be able to get all these gems in one viewing, so you're gonna need to watch it a couple more times to let it land. Head on over to torquetv.org to watch this portal and all the others, exclusively whenever you want, as many times as you want. This means gem after gem gets to blow your mind. We have unique subscription options that will suit you, so it's easy for anyone to watch. Torque TV. Hit that button, baby. Gentle with your intros, Shania. I think she's a little Thank you. stunned. She like I'm a, a stunned mullet. mullet. <laughs> she got that, she oh, got wow. that stunned mullet look. Do it, it again. Work. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I hit my volume low. So who's going to um, lead us in? Nate? I think that I'll lead you in. Pastor Robin has some things she wants to say. Yeah, I want to say some things. Now, we've said a lot and uh, we've said a lot about, uh, you know, the right way to behave and so on. And um, we've also said what we should be standing against. But I, I want to bring another side of this and this is about the prophetic. I want to bring the prophetic out. And I want to say that not only... Do, are there thousands of prophets that are still declaring this? And they're not foolish. They're not foolish to do this. They know that the Lord's name is on the line if they say something like this. Yeah. But I want to uh, encourage people that God is always before. He's never behind. And then what he said with uh, Hank Cuman, when he said what he said... Uh, he gave the um, prophet a dream before it was even reality in the land. So why don't you share what he gave? Who knows what he gave exactly? Yeah, I, I think I have some detail. He, was, he went to sleep and um, after praying in his little prayer area at, at his house and then um, he dreamed a dream. But first his wife woke up. No, no, no. He woke up at 4.45 a.m. Yeah. and he asked his wife, what time is it? Yeah. And she said it's 4.45 because she was woken up by the Lord to go away to pray. Right, 
So he said, he said to his wife, Brenda, he said, mark the time. He said, what time is it? She said, it's 4.45 a.m. And so um, Hank had a dream from the Lord. He saw uh, an announcement being made on the television, right? And you want to take it from there? This was on Friday night, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Friday night. Early Saturday morning. He saw an announcement being made on the television all over the airways yep. that what had happened was he, the, that uh, Biden the had been, was... de been declared president-elect. Mm. And uh, he saw also an evil face, but he saw this... And then Saturday morning, it had, up until then, it had not been declared. Right. And then Saturday morning, it was declared after Hank had declared it to the church. So you've got to know that God was letting the church know that this is not the case, that the narrative of the airways was going to lie. Because at 4.45, God said to Hank, this is what this means. It means four more years for the 45th president, which is Donald Trump. Whoa. That's going to be a word really, and a half for the that, people who swallow. Fight that one, guys. No, thanks. Fight that one, I'll church. Because all you guys that keep on saying the Satan is in the White House and uh, everything like that, be careful what you say because I can tell you, God's not giving you a dream and God's not prophetically speaking to you. You're speaking over personalities. And what are you saying? Oh. That demons are putting... Hexes on things, supposed South African demons oh. and every other demon, and, and they're doing witchcraft to get Trump out of the out of the White House. Does God use that sort of behaviour? No. no, no, He does not. <laughs> She's <sitting down. laughs> no, it's under the table. Oh, my Jesus. Wow. Well, well said, Pastor. No, I it have to, to be say said. it. It has to be said. I cannot allow people... No, you got to say it. ...to say that they are getting from <laughs> from their witch doctors... Oh, oh my witch God. I'm going back doctors, down. I'm going back down. ...that they are using some sort of spell to get somebody out of the White House. <sighs> the Lord rebuke you for a statement like that. That's right. And it, I mean, even in that statement, because there are actual witches praying against it, and you're literally putting your prayer with witches as believers wow. against the president. Craziness. Okay, can I just read something that scripturally backs this up? Go for I wanna, it. I, this Go is the, for This it. is something to rebuke those those false prophecies that have gone forward. Ooh. And can I just put it out there? You got people of alternate lifestyles that are prophesying this, prophesying this on Facebook because it fits their agenda yeah. of an LGBTQ ABFY7ZA23 kind of agenda. You know what? I, the spirit in them is not the spirit of God. I'm sorry. And they're out there prophesying, you know, there's spirits from Africa coming to kick the president out. I rebuke that in the name of and Jesus. Jesus. And this is what Jeremiah... Oh, that's a move of God, isn't it? No. A real move of God. Whoever said that, you need to rethink. God doesn't use that to do his will. 
This is what the scripture says. It says, in, the, in that same year, um, Jeremiah 28, at the beginning of the reign of King Hezekiah of Judah in the fifth month of the fourth year, the prophet Hananiah, son of Azur from Gibeon, spoke to me in the house of the Lord in the presence of the priests and all the people saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years, I will bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house, which King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took away from this place and carried to Babylon. I will also bring back to this place King Jehoiachin, sorry, King um, Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim of Judah, and all the exiles from Judah who went to Babylon, says the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. And this is what these false prophets are saying, like this false prophet. Yeah. I'll break the yoke of the king, because Donald Trump has been compared to Nebuchadnezzar yep. many, many times, right? What does the Lord say? Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfill the words that you have prophesied and bring back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles. But listen now to this word that I speak in your hearing, in the hearing of all the people. The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, famine and pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes true, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. Right? Then it says in the basically that the prophet Hananiah took the yoke from the neck of the prophet of Jeremiah and broke it as a prophetic as sign. A sign yeah. Right? Trying to say this is what God is going to do. Right? Yeah. And then the Lord again came to the true prophet, the prophet Jeremiah. I've got to give scripture to show people this is backed up. Because even Jeremiah here is saying the prophets have already spoken war. They've already spoken calamity. They've already spoken that Judgment. the king is going to judge Israel. So this is what's already been established. Like we've already seen the prophets talk about President Trump in his four-year second term. And then it says in verse 12, Sometime after the prophet Hananiah had broken the yoke from the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, Go tell Hananiah, thus says the Lord, You have broken wooden bars only to forge iron bars in place of them. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put an iron yoke on the neck of all these nations so that they may serve King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and they shall indeed serve him. I have even given him the wild animals. And the prophet Jeremiah said to the prophet Hananiah, listen, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you and you made this people to trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I'm going to send you off the face of the earth and go. within this year you will be dead because you have spoken rebellion against God. You're dead, dead, dead. And then it finishes just nice and calmly in Jeremiah 28, 17 by saying, and in that same year, in the seventh month, the prophet Hananiah died. Uh, Literally fulfilling the word of Jeremiah. You Ooh. have spoken rebellion. Ooh. Do you realise when you do that, how you represent Sorry, the Lord? It. How you represent the Lord? Do you know you stop people? You stop people from knowing a righteous God by bringing a false narrative like that? Mm. The Lord rebuke you for this. The Lord rebuke you. You need to fall on your knees and repent. Pastor Tony? 
I'm speechless right now. Yeah, me too. Me too. It has to be said, Pastor. Yeah, it has to be said. It has to be said. To say such a thing is so much not the character and the, the love of God. It is such an against God. What God are you serving? Mm. Jesus. Come on. No, I will say it and I will stand by it. Come on, Pastor. Mm. I will stand by it. My God doesn't behave that way. Mm. True. Your prophecy is only as good as your theology. Yeah, Hallelujah. get your theology right. And so... Oh, I felt the heat of that your, one. Your worldview... I ask the believers who are listening or watching online, your worldview, what has shaped your worldview? Yes. Has it been the Holy Spirit? Or has it been something else? Because that's what ultimately will be the answer for us all. By the grace of God, we attempt as pastors, leaders, just as believers, to be influenced by the Holy Spirit's worldview through the Scripture. That should be your conviction too. And some of you out there may be thinking, what, are you ancient? Are you just going you really believe the Bible is true? Yes. Yes, yes I do. And before this and time's I, out, so will you. <laughs> and Gee. listen, do you think God Almighty was impotent? In not realising that what was written in ancient times is applicable today. Saints, sin has not changed since Adam and Eve rebelled. It is the same thing today as it was back then. The only thing that's changed is that its level of depravity has been given more space. And so now man covers sin and calls it acceptable when God does not. God does not accept sinful behaviour. And, and it's a sad day when the church starts calling good evil and evil good. Yes. And so the truth is not subjective. It is objective. The object is Jesus Christ. He determines what is good and what is evil. And this is why when the world, you know, consumes the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, um, they're falling deeper into the trap of sin and death. And so our hope for America is, you know, we can't legislate Christianity. That's not our aim. No. Right? But we will stop the legislative branch from enforcing laws that restrict the religious liberty of the church. Don't tell the baker he's to bake a cake for someone that he doesn't want to bake for. Now you're encroaching on his civil liberty. And, if, and, 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 and Paul makes the statement, what have I to do with those who are on the outside? God will judge them. Yeah. Our job is to judge those who are inside the church. See? And so this is where theology is so key. We have to have good theology. We have to understand the character of God. And unfortunately... A liberal gospel has crept in to the church in America. And this is why the church has been a wet noodle when it comes to standing against unrighteousness in America. And so who are we? We are, we are Australians living in the United States. 
And we appreciate every day that we're here. I love America. Because we enjoy the liberties that are here. And then when we see those liberties of the church being taken from it, we object and we object vehemently. And we weep. We weep. So we're talking not to people outside. We're talking to the church. You have to get your theology right. Mm. You haven't got it right. And apparently you don't know the character of God. Oh, my Jesus. And it's time that you stopped still, be still and know who is he? God. Know your God. That's what the Bible says. Be still. Be still, sister, and know who is God. Praise the Lord. Believe the lie and you will die. It's true. Hananiah found out. Yes. Believe the lie. Do of, not call upon spy, witchcraft. And you'll end up dead. I'm not saying people are going to die, but seriously, the Lord does not take lightly you putting his name. Like I said, the children of Israel put that name on the golden calf and said, this is Yahweh. This is the way. Yeah. They didn't say, this is an Egyptian God of Isis or Horus. They said, no, this is God who's spoken to Moses. We will worship him in our image. Yes. God does not take lightly when you put his name on something that he has not said. It's unscriptural. Oh, man, man, you but should we also, Sorry, Pastor, I didn't mean to interrupt. We have to call out the bias against Christianity in America. Yep. When, when we have people who don't want the Ten Commandments on the walls of ju like judicial, uh, you know, buildings. Or in God we trust. Or in God we trust. Yep. What's wrong with following on the, the Christian tradition of the founding of this nation? This is historical, not just religious. Um, you know, for all of you out there who know American history, the foundation of the colonies was Christian. Christian. Not Buddhism, not Islam, not atheism. Not communism. It was Christian. They were Christians for the most part. And so is it wrong to acknowledge that just on a historical level? Are we going to deny history now? So this is the craziness of the left, Okay. And that doesn't justify sin or, or abuse, nothing like that. What we're saying is they were Christian founders and what's wrong with celebrating that, especially at Thanksgiving? There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Okay, so when, when you don't comply with leftist thinking, you're vilified, you're ostracised. Mm. And this is exactly what the founding fathers wanted to avoid when they were developing, you know, the American dream. And that's really what it is. The American dream is to be able to serve God freely without interference from government. And, and this is what we want the, the church to start hoping and believing for. Mm. But what's funny is, going back to the ten spies, the Lord did not let one of those ten enter the promised land because they corrupted, they corrupted the report of the Lord. Yeah. Only Joshua and Caleb were the ones that had enough guts to stand against everybody's narrative and everybody's, you know, media at the time, which was the report of each spy saying, well, this is what I saw. This is what I saw. Only Joshua and Caleb were the ones that said, right, I'm going to see what God sees. But the Lord wouldn't allow that to go throughout the camp. He dealt with those spies. 
True. And not one of their, one, not one of them entered the promised land. It's very, 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 very serious, serious when very you serious. believe the lie that is not the report of the Lord. Do not believe, I'm going to call it out, do not believe ABC, CBS, Come on. NBC, PBS, Fox, CNN. C-SPAN, CNN. Do not believe New the New York Times, Times you know, the Post. Associated Press, the Washington Post, Politico, the Guardian, the Atlantic. Those are not the people that God has called to give you the report of the Lord. That's it. That's and the Lord it. said in our season casting, and I see it about to happen in my spirit, he is going to take the glory of these companies and these media giants. Like I saw in my vision, he's going to take it with his hand. He's going to scoop it up and, and he's going to scatter, scatter it, it to the four corners of the earth. Yeah. Because well, if it's he time did that for every high thing to come down. If I tell you right now, if he did that for Israel and he took them and he scattered them, do you think he's not going to scatter those that mm. are not presenting who he is? So my challenge is to those that are in that mountain of media and, and art, I'm sorry, in that mountain of media and arts, you need to start taking your legislative authority as prophets and apostles and call to those mountains and you need to start declaring the downfall of every high image that it set itself up against the knowledge of God. It's not enough to now just pray and thank the Lord and yeah, Lord, let your will be done. You need to stand in the heavenlies and you need to activate the pale the apostolic authority, like an ox. Yeah. You need to get your horns right. on and you need to start ramming, ramming, ramming because God wants to bring these strong men down. These men and these women that are in these, you know, mountains are being used by the enemy to spread a demonic report and it's got to stop. It's got to stop. And so that brings up the question. Well, not a question. I'll, I'll make a statement. Uh, mainstream media is is no longer a reporting no. agent. It is a political machine. Yeah. Okay? They are no longer neutral reporting agents. They are a political means to an end. And this is sad because true journalism is now being sacrificed at the altar of politics. And that's a sad day for America because free speech is supposed to give the journalist the ability to present the two sides that are opposing. And that hasn't been done. The bulk of the mainstream media is anti the president. 24-7 anti-president. They don't give him the same airtime. They don't give him the same grace. They ask him much tougher questions, you know, Kick, kick gloves with Biden, but super tough questions on on the president. And you call that fair? And that and is just. that's a political machine. That is not journalism. No. Okay, and we need to have true journalism come back to America. And I think true journalism loves the truth, but I'm not seeing true journalism, and I don't see you loving the truth. And again, because it sets a narrative. If we can get out there first on the airwaves and make statements and make that the bottom line, then we control the masses. Well, guess what, Pastor? The Lord came first through the prophet. 
And I'm sure he's coming through prophets all over the world before even that statement was made. It was to make the church ready to hear what God was saying. 445, 40 more years for the 45th president. Now, have you got something to match that? I believe the report of the Lord. I believe the report. I believe the report of the Lord. I we, just and Pastor, if I may, I just want to share. I just want to share. Um, at season casting last Sunday. Thank you. I, I read some of the prophetic revelations that the Lord was showing me. What date? Well, Sunday was the... November 1st. F- November 1st. Thank you. Two days before the election. And the Lord gave me a vision. I saw the Lord putting a hammer in the president's hand and that the hammer in his hand was going to come down. And I believe that to be the case. There's a hammer that's going to come down in the oncoming days. We're going to see some kind of authority in the presidency that's going to come down. And, And I believe that the Lord was indicating he was authorizing the president to come down on some things. And so it's very interesting. let's test this word. Let's see what happens. Let's test it by uh, saying something. I know no, you need to add. It's very interesting that the president is just revealed and his lawyers and aides that the name of the voting machines that have been put in place in these poll places is actually cool. from a brand of hammer. What? They're Hammer voting machines, and the other and the other name is the Scorecard, from a brand of Hammer and Scorecard. You can look it up; it's factual. So I don't think you know exactly what you were saying prophetically when I you saw, said the Hammer is going to come down. He put a hammer in his hand, and the hammer was coming down. It wasn't a gavel; it was a hammer. Yeah, it was something to crush. Yeah, so, well, Hammer could be coming down in more ways than one. So, again, the Lord has given a forewarning. Yep. Before, again, before the enemy gets to have a say, the Lord's having his say. So, Pastor, even though you weren't fully aware of what you were saying, that uh, I think that um, that system or something, it's called hammer and scorecard. Hammer and scorecard are the two systems. So there. What's the Lord saying about the hammer, church? Why would Pastor Tony had that several days before it was even released. That's the name of it. Nobody knew about it until it was released by his lawyers. And finally, to finish off, uh, the Lord told me the number nine is very significant. The two nines, the nine of judgment, the nine of blessing. And uh, I just felt to say from the Lord, we don't usually do prophecy on these live portals, but I felt to say from the Lord, tomorrow, today is November 9th. And I heard the Lord say, it begins today. Judgment. It begins today. You're going to see beginnings of the nine today. And it will happen in multiplications of the nine. It will begin on the nine. It will take place on the 18. It will take place on the 27. And the Lord says it'll go all the way to the 81 wow. until it reaches that prophetic destination. Yeah. So we've got to 
Wow. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'd, I'd really like to, to have a few people just uh, give a comment on how faithful our God is. There is nothing that can stand against God. So if a hammer has to be brought down, then so be it, Lord. If there is a voting machine that has to come down or a system or anything like that, you've already said it on the Sunday before the election even took place. Wow. That's it for Portals. We're going to finish with Portals Live with a couple of questions. But Pastor Tony, you're released. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. That I'm was doing wonderful. the New York Shuffle. I'm going to move the car. He's going with you to move the car, isn't he? Yay. <laughs> well, guys, this has been a Portals for you. <laughs> so as you digest it, Take it back to the Lord, but let this be encouraging to you. Let this, you know, resonate in your spirit, man, not your soul, in your spirit, man, and bubble forth. And until next time, bye-bye now. I really want to say something just before we go. I want every person that might even challenge what we said about it, go back to season casting. Look at the date and see it for yourself. Hello again, everybody. Pastor Nate here, and with a special important update regarding Dipping Night and how we're uh, going to be conducting Dipping Night in this crazy time. So we are not stopping Dipping Night. Pastor Robin has given us the go-ahead, and so Dipping Night will now be moving completely online. So we are going to be opening registrations this week. We're going to be having our prophetic groups, our prophetic art, and our prophetic leadership groups all operating via our Zoom online virtual web conferencing. So we are excited. This is going to be a new venture for us. So if you want to have more information, please go to dippingnight.talknyc.org or you can uh, visit our Facebook page and see social posts that will be posted shortly about it. And uh, we are requiring everyone to RSVP ahead of time so that we can just manage, you know, the um, people coming in. But yeah, we encourage you to join us because God is speaking in this time. There's not a shortage of the word of the Lord. He's speaking and we want to hear what he's saying. So go to dippingnight.talknyc.org and find out how to register now. Thank you. When the prophet challenges you, you ain't playing business. I posed this question to, I, I was going to ask to the people, but you had way better, you know, exit than I did. <laughs> but my question was to someone, I asked them, when this comes out and the Lord's word comes to pass, what will be, you know, the outlook? Will you say, ah, I knew, I, I knew he... He did some, you know, did some damage. Or are you going to say, faithful is the Lord? It's not about proving points. Remember, no, it's not your no, name on the no. line. It's not my name on the line. It's God's name on the line. And right. That, that's why the visions took place. Because it was nothing that anyone knew. That's right. And David was so... Um, you know, strategic in the way that he pulled on, you know, the hand of God, like, you know, that kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of that Mary anointing where, no, now's the time, turn the water into wine. 
Yes. You know, and he basically, the Lord gave us a scripture that said, I'm keeping the best wine for last. But David said, the nations are scoffing at you. They're not scoffing at me. He didn't make it personal. Everyone in New York City, everyone around the world has made this battle with Donald Trump personal. Yeah. yeah. Personality But it is not plus. against you, personality plus. It is not against a personality of that man versus your personality. You're, it, this is the battle of the Lord's. We sing it all the time. The battle is the Lord's. So I'm telling you, if you want to raise God's hand in this situation, you tell God those 10 spies are scoffing at you. They're putting out a report that is a lie and you are not a liar. Let every man be a liar, and but him God be the truth. Be the truth. Amen. Someone said, and I just want to mention it, funny enough, one of our guys watching, and I didn't know this when I gave the word, but Omar says, funny enough, January 29th is 81 days from today. There you go. The nines have begun. Hallelujah. So let's have a couple of questions after that to finish off. I haven't got anything left. I don't know if we have anything to give you because we just gave it all then. Team, can I have the confidence monitor on if there's any questions? My computer's lost it. I'm going to breeze on through with it. It turned off again. But Ain't hallelujah. Nobody got no questions. Go to the Lord. That's your question. Go to the Lord. I think each person should be challenged. The Lord uh, gave me to a... Go yeah. to the Lord. When we were talking about the scripture of Jeremiah 28, the Lord actually gave me a strategic warfare strategy. And so if you're watching and you're in a prayer ministry or you're interceding and you want to know what to pray, this is what the Lord says for today. We need to pray that the spirit of Hananiah be exposed. Amen. Okay. So we say lift up the skirts and expose the nakedness of Hananiah. Yeah. Yep. We need to say let Hananiah's words be exposed and fall to the ground. Yes. See him. See what the Lord says. He says in the word to lift up that skirt mm. so the nakedness can be exposed. And I don't mean that section. No, everything hiding in the dark. Everything that's hiding in the dark comes into the light. And that's what we pray today, church. We pray for righteousness to come into the light and we pray for evil to be exposed wherever it is. It is not my place to say where it is, but let evil be exposed. Yeah. Um, first question comes from Joy, and I think it's a good question. She says, my question is, how should we engage with Christian roommates that did not vote for righteousness but think that they did? Pastor Robin? Um, I, I said it tonight in church. I said... If you know the truth, don't shove it down someone's throat. Yeah. Uh, keep loving them, but don't change what you believe. Keep loving them. Yeah. I mean, what are we going to talk about this seven, eight hours a day? There's other things you can love them with and, and enjoy their company and such, but you just know the truth and you don't change the truth. You're not trying to change them. Mm. Only God can change them. Yeah, I think um, something to help is you'll know if it's a personality that you're dealing with or if it's a principality 
A principality will not be able to change the subject when you engage in conversation. They'll stay on it eight hours, 24 hours a day. If it's a personality thing, that person can move on. So you know where you're to deal with. If it's a demonic thing, a principality, you need to take authority. You need to stand in your authority. If it's a personality thing, you know you need to fulfill scripture and you need to be in the spirit of unity with the bond of peace. Yes, that's true. So, you know, and also... um, just a word of wisdom. The prophets are saying, don't let anything contaminate your faith. Keep so away don't from engage. the media. If you know that that conversation is going to lead to a place of where you begin to, you know, be shaken in what your or, you know, the enemy is getting in. Remember, he said to Eve in the garden, did God say? If the did God say comes through that conversation, you need to stop having conversation. Yeah. And you need to preserve your faith because it's too important for you in this moment. Yeah. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Next question is, hallelujah. Let's have a look. Team's going to put it up for us. Was that good? I, I'm not saying don't ignore them. I'm just saying. No, I mean, I testified to what you're saying because once you guys gave the word about not proving it, but standing, it made all the difference in my interactions with people who um, were not for what I stood for. Because then I'm not trying to prove to them why they're wrong. I just said, listen, as long as you're going back to the Lord about it, there's nothing I can tell you. But this is where I stand. And if they, if it's a conversation about where I stand and it's open, I'm all for having it as long as the Lord is leading. But I, I, I did learn from, you know, the leadership here to just you know, let myself stand, but not necessarily saying I have to be bold to stand up against them because it's not them that, you know, I, I started to have compassion that they are just deceived. And, and yeah, and once you stand from that place, you do have more patience with them. Even if they come off attacking and things like that, you already know where you stand. So it doesn't matter what they say, you shouldn't be shifted or choose to be angry about it, you know? Yeah, I think you have to be as wise as a serpent and as gentle gentle as as a dove. dove. That's the scripture the Lord gave me. Be wise, be be gentle. And I think that we should not be rude because two wrongs don't make a right. And there's enough rudeness going on out there for for us to stop being rude. And don't use... A lot of Christians I see doing this on social media. And look, here's a, here's a word of wisdom. Get off social media. Don't, don't get into the scrolling, depression, you know, sinking sand. Because um, in this moment, the enemy wants to use anything and everything to distract you from being called to post in this army. And you can't be on, you know, Instagram and Facebook and be at post at the same time. So, you know, be choice with what you let come into this eye gate. The word of the Lord, again, through the prophets was, this season we have to watch the eye gate, the mouth gate, the ear gate, and the heart gate. The enemy is attacking. Remember, erosion is, is the a tactic of the enemy. He's not trying to debunk it. He's trying to erode it. So he's going to wear it down. So if you feel like you're being worn down, turn off Facebook, turn off Instagram, get off Twitter, turn off the news, you know, journal, ask the Lord, get his perspective. And the other thing is that I was going to say is um, like Danielle says here, which took the words out of my mouth, some things only the Lord can say. But please don't use a war of scripture. We see this on social media. Well, the Bible says this. And then they come back with, well, the Bible says this. That's not what scripture's for. It's meant to bring you into unity of spirit. Don't debate. Lord Jesus. 
Yes. And let us not be fooled that the enemy isn't strategic just because you think you're strong enough to handle these debates on Facebook doesn't mean he can't sneak up on you either in other areas. So like, you know, that's been a good um, wisdom to stay off of it because then you don't want to expose what the Lord's doing in you too, you know, by saying too much. Some of it is just for us to get built up and filled up. Go ahead. Next question. Again, same I question. think it's same, yeah. same lines, but we'll just hit it from a different angle. Omar's asking, what stance should we take when others see differently than what the Lord has shown us? Omar, I think the scripture that fulfills this is when you've done everything, just stand. Just stand on what you know God has revealed to you. Yeah. Emotions, circumstance, people's opinions, they'll never ever line up to what God has put in you to stand on. So and stand, just stand. I think the stand that you need to take is righteousness. Just anything that's not righteous, then you stand against it. Just stand against it. That's what you do. And going back to the debating thing, why would you debate the report of a spy? <laughs> no way. Why would you debate evil Rima? God doesn't even look at that. If you're the court of heaven, you come before and you use an evil Rima, the Lord would say, I'm sorry, that's not permissible. That's hearsay. Throw and, it out. And do you know if you debate the, the word of a spy, you know what the Lord did with the, the words of the spy? Because they listened, he cancelled it. They were cancelled out. The spies did not go in. Yep. <laughs> I think our media team in the back just got but wait, an epiphany. Hold on, wait, 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 because something just, wait. Nope. So let me clarify what you just had done said to my mind. <laughs> I said if you do debate and want to prove your way as That's a this. spy, that uh, you're believing the spies, you're not going in. Jesus. Because oh you're, you're giving the spy the room that the report of the Lord should to have. To lie. Oh, you're giving the spy the room to lie. So don't debate because uh, you not, might die. I'm <laughs> actually not oh, saying this. This is scripture. This oh, is scripture. I know. That's why I hit so hard. And that's what we need to get. It doesn't mean to say just stop listening to something that is not in unity with your spirit. You should have the same mind in Christ. We're not telling you to uh, come out and just straight out believe, but don't believe the lies of the spies. Yeah. Focus on what unifies you. Christ. You know, Joshua would not... I'm sorry, Moses would not let that report go through the camp of Israel. No. He would not let the 10 spies report go through the camp because he knew it would contaminate the people. So, you know, that's why he said, well, I'm going to listen to these two because that's what God has said. So what you've just said is so scriptural. If you debate the report of a spy, you give that spy in your heart room to lie. Yeah. And I'm going to rhyme it one more time and be careful because you just might die. Meaning, sure. not die as in literal, but you know what I mean? Like Miss something out. in you, the reamer that God is trying to birth in you might end up dying and the, and the fake corrupt reamer of the enemy will overtake it. Yeah. Wow. 
That's pretty serious. It is. It's very serious. And when you look at it and you look at the children of Israel and how uh, Moses was sent there to tell them, tell um, Pharaoh, let them go, let them go, let them go. And he, he eventually, under pressure, let them go. And we know God hardened their heart. But what happened? They lied. He lied. He lied and you see God destroyed him because he lied. So I'm serious about this. Lying in the name of the Lord is very serious, I can tell you. Very, very serious. And the ones on the left died. And again, it comes back to the words. We have one more question. Um, Joshua said, as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Don't be so concerned about others. You know, what would Jesus do starts with you, yeah. not someone else. We always ask that question of others before we're willing to ask it of ourselves. So make sure your heart's in the right place. Make sure you're not debating to prove a point because that's not the bond of peace or the spirit of unity. And that is not, you know, grounded in love. That's grounded in self-righteousness. And if you're grounded in self-righteousness, you can't see true righteousness. So, you know, we all always got to go back to the Holy Spirit and check our motives because if our motive's right, then our method will follow. Yeah. You know? Definitely. All right. Next question. We have more questions. What do you say to other Christians who ask you, why do you support Trump? Should you respond with truth and love or not bother and allow God to, I can't see the rest of the question, open their eyes. Yeah, I think we sort like of... That or speak. We probably sort of related to it there, but what do you say, Pastor Robin? Well, a Christian asking you why to support, why you support, if you know they're genuinely asking you, then you should answer. But if they're trying to sway you, you need to be very straight and loving and say, look, I'm not trying to change you, so please stop trying to change me. Well said, Lord Jesus. Can I do it? Wow, that is powerful. Next question, team, if there's one. This will be the final one. Hallelujah. We've got some more people joining us. Israel, join us. Hey, Israel. Long time no see. Good to see that you're on with us. Stamenka's joined us. Hi, Stamenka. And Debbie has joined us. Debbie Lutz or Lutz. I hope I pronounced that right. And she, Lutz, and she just said, I just heard this same comparison about the 10 spies yesterday. Yep. The church is waking up. The church is waking up. Jess, Jessica has joined us. And Alex has joined us too. So some more people are coming into this truth. Go back and watch this portal over again. I guarantee you it will bless you. It will challenge you. It will make you really, really see where you're, you know, believing. Are you believing the report of the Lord or you're believing the report of the 10 spies? Who lied? Who lied? I think that's it. We want to bear you. Say good night. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon from wherever you're watching. Thank you for joining us. Like I said before, if this is not something that you agree with, please just move on. You know, we can't make you see and just we leave it with you and the Holy Spirit. But we do challenge you to listen right through. Go back to the Scripture because everything we're saying is backed up by Scripture. It's backed up by what God has already said in His Word. 
We're not going off the report of any liars. We're going off, well, not my iPad, but the Bible on my iPad, the word of the Lord. God is a man of his word. And we finish by saying, if he said it, we we believe believe it. it. And the last thing we say is, Jesus is Lord. Lord. Mm -mm -mm. Bye-bye. Can we do the Humpty Drumpty dance out? Cause you just might